Welcome back to another Soul Eats first episode. I'm your host, Molly. I'm a certified holistic health coach, and I'm here to share new perspectives and knowledge around holistic health. My intention is to take broad topics relating to the mind, body, and soul and dissect them to create a better understanding of the world within and around us, learning how to tune into our bodies to truly feel good, confident, and empowered. I want you to have the knowledge to make conscious and mindful choices in your daily life that are aligned with the powerful being you are and return to nature's way real and raw. Let's get into it. All right, you guys, thanks for being here. I just want to get right into it, how to live in alignment with your cycle, what foods to eat, herbs, and just like how to act. Um, first of all, I I'm hoping this is going to be an amazing episode, but I just recorded this entire thing and then it deleted. So moving forward, I just um, hope I don't miss anything. Shit happens, <laughs> but whatever. Um, let's Let's just get into it. So in the course of our cycle, there's a lot going on. And sometimes I feel like we get a literal one-week break from all of the symptoms. And some people's PMS symptoms get so bad and they have mood swings here and there and just feel like their hormones are out of whack. And so it can feel like there is like five days where things are normal. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, PMS symptoms are really, really, really common, but they're not normal. And so I just wanted to kind of put all of this out there um, to kind of just assist in this journey. Um, A lot of women in my life have, or women who bleed, have expressed interest in stuff like this. So um, yeah, Um, it's been been a topic that I have really wanted to dive into for a long time. And I've really been um, learning a lot more in the recent months. Um, It's This is just like something that's extremely overlooked and not understood amongst most women. Luckily, people are talking about it more, which is really cool. But um, as I've um, kind of started my journey of understanding my cycle, I still felt like I was always searching for all of the information in different places. Like I was Googling what to eat on my period, like to help with this and like how to relieve cramps with herbs and like just all of these different things. And so I wanted to put it all in one place for you. So not only am I going to create this podcast, but I know some people listen to their podcast in the car and so don't you worry, you don't need to take notes during this because I created a comprehensive PDF guide called the Cycle Bible with all of this information that I will probably be putting into my Instagram bio or something like that on my website for anyone and everyone to come along and download it and have it forever. So in the cycle Bible, it goes through all of the four phases of the cycle, what foods to eat, um, herbs to utilize, different movement and exercise activities that support your body during each phase, and like what your energy and mood might be, and what is going on in your body when you're during when you're in that phase. Um, But the thing is, I felt like I needed a podcast episode on this because there is a ridiculous amount of information on the pdf 
but I wanted to elaborate on a few things on here. So like I said, again, you don't need to take notes or anything. It will all be on the PDF, but there's just going to be a few more bits of information that I can elaborate on while I'm talking on this episode. Um, but yeah, this topic is very dense and interesting and it deserves a lot of space. Um, we are not taught any of this in school. So here we go. This is the beginning of honoring our beautiful bodies. Um, but first, this is going to sound really random, but I promise it will come together. I don't know if anyone has seen the movie Moana, but you need to listen to this and then go watch that movie. And you will be absolutely mind blown at how many metaphors for um, like in general, what the world is going through right now, but also like the battle between the divine and masculine energy interwoven through the entire movie. Um, I don't want to give it away, but the premise of what I caught is basically that there is this island and like when you look at the island from a distance, it looks like, you know, an island, but it really is like the, the, uh, like a woman's body, like laying down. So like, the bumps of the mountain are like her hips and like her shoulders and stuff like that, if that makes sense. So it's like an actual physical feminine body, a presence. Um, It's this beautiful ethereal woman and the heart was like stolen from her. And then she became this big volcanic, scary, bitter thing that like throws fire at you. And they're just like trying to return the heart. But if you've noticed our world is pretty far removed from the feminine and our world is very masculine. Um, it carries this hustle culture mentality to the point where if you're like laying around, if you're not hustling, basically you can be seen as like lazy or unmotivated and stuff like that. Um, but women have this cycle that is ruled by the moon and the cycle lasts around 28 days. This is different for every woman but that's the general idea and the point that I'm getting at here is that our society does not respect this cycle and it forces women to conform to this like 24-hour day masculine cycle and women are still expected to perform at full capacity even when they're literally bleeding from their vagina like what the fuck um and coming from a woman myself it still feels like sometimes It's a bit harder to exist in this world as a female, especially one who does bleed. And I feel like that feminine presence in the movie Moana, where someone has stolen the heart, is like representative of our entire feminine energy in this world. Like, if that makes sense. Um, And we're right now especially forced to literally fight and lash out for our own basic human rights as females and so it's like we become this like um kind of like frustrated bitter we we I don't know some women might feel different every single person is different I don't know how to like explain that but like it can feel like inside we have this like volcanic like bitter scary thing just like that thing in Moana that just wants to like throw fire at you and bite your head off because men don't understand what we're feeling and it's because it's like the heart of the feminine is not being respected and uh, we get angry and agitated and irritable irritable and defensive and all of that kind of stuff and you know 
we can overcompensate even for our own independence because we want like our society wants us to conform to that like um capitalistic what am i trying to say like our society wants us to live in that masculine state because feminine it heals and so we end up overcompensating for our independence and i've noticed that a lot in myself i overcompensate for how independent i am and i think it's from living in a world especially in the u.s where it is encouraged to like be successful and provide for yourself and it's a huge accomplishment accomplishment to be a successful woman in business you know And I feel like it's because I'm going to get some sort of praise or reward for doing those things. But most of the time, I get so burnt out so easily and I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live in like the hustle culture. Um, And we can exist in this world, in the world where like the masculine is coexisting with the feminine if we as women tune into our bodies and start to live by that nature, um, that's kind of like our responsibility for our own selves and knowledge is power. And so like by listening to things like this, you're already doing so much good. Um, but yeah, the feminine is soft and gentle and slow and forgiving and nurturing and patient. Even the most like macho dudes out there, masculine dudes, at the end of the day, they want to feel love too. And so that's why the feminine is so fucking healing and so important to get back to. Um, so if you resonate with all of this and feel like you're someone who is caught in the culture and angry and frustrated that the world does not honor your moon cycle, one of the best things that you can do is honor yourself and feel more connected and nourish your body according to which phase you're in, which not only regulates your cycle, but reduces PMS symptoms and just has a really overall positive effect on balancing your hormones and stuff. It's a win-win. So like I said earlier, the cycle Bible has it all, the foods, herbs all that stuff but i just want to do a quick run through of those phases and talk especially on like the lifestyle aspects so the first phase i'm sure we're most familiar with is the menstrual cycle menstrual phase sorry um first of all the fact that women have to work while bleeding is insane um in traditional more culture centered communities Women were relieved from any responsibilities during this time and they were like brought food, they were hydrated and allowed to just kind of like sneak away usually into separate quarters of the community where they would just like experience peace and quiet with other women who were bleeding. How nice would that be? (laughs) Who let that rule go to the wayside? Like I need to have a talk. I would love that. Um... One day I was working and I literally started to cry because I was in so much pain that I could not stand up straight because I was cramping so bad. And it's like, I'm not even doing a good job here at work. So like, I don't know. I think being on your period should be treated like maternity leave. Um, But in a general sense, 
this is a really good time to ask for help. I know like it can be hard to ask or accept help sometimes um, because you might feel like you're weak or something because of this masculine energy that's like overpowering. But I'm giving you permission right now and like making a statement to like let the people know in your life that are important to you that you're experiencing a bleed, your menstrual bleed. And when they say, let me know if you need anything, later on text them that you're going to take up that offer and tell them to bring you a brand new like cozy bathrobe and to bring you like six bars of chocolate. Um, But anyway, what's happening in the body during this time is that your uterine lining is shedding because an egg was not fertilized. Like there was no baby. Um... And in my case, thank goodness, I don't want kids till I'm like 35 and thriving. Well, I'm thriving right now, but you know what I mean? I don't want kids till I'm 35 and I don't care if I have like a geriatric pregnancy. I just like, I'm not ready. (laughs) Um, In this phase, progesterone and estrogen, estrogen are decreased and your body is moving very slow. It feels withdrawn. It wants to move slow. It wants to nest and stay in. And this can be a very reflective time. So something beneficial could be lots of journaling or taking yourself on on a date. And I don't know about anyone else, but I tend to want to be alone. I'm a very easily annoyed person on my period. So taking myself on a date would be would sound really good to me. And especially somewhere you're like familiar with, like somewhere you are already familiar with. This isn't like a super um, experimental time. So you don't want to be like trying new foods and like experimenting. It's just really nice to like comfort your body with what you're familiar with. Um, And an interesting thing about this phase is that although it is a time of self-reflecting and journaling, um, leaving the intention setting to a different phase of your cycle can be really beneficial um, when you're more energized and kind of like ready to pounce. Um, (laughs) During this phase, you're going to want to cook as much food as you can. So your body's going through a lot. She's tired and she needs to take it easy. She doesn't want to be utilizing energy to digest really rough vegetables. So just cook as much as you can. Um, Iron-rich foods are great to replenish blood loss. And zinc-rich foods are also really great. Um, Luckily, a food rich in zinc is dark chocolate. And then the other very, you know, specific foods that are rich in iron and zinc are on the PDF. And then herbs... Herbs for this time, one like holy grail herb is raspberry leaf. It reduces cramping and actually strengthens and tones the muscles of your uterus. Um, I use this every single month. I have a moon or a moon cycle blend with raspberry leaf in it and a bunch of other like beneficial herbs. And I buy it from the local apothecary and just steep it into a tea. Um, the next phase is the follicular. This phase actually overlaps a little bit. So it begins with 
the beginning of menstruation and ends with ovulation. So there's some overlap, but this is basically when the follicle stimulating hormone FSH um, stimulates the follicles in the uterus to attach to the lining of the uterus and signal the lining to thicken. So that's like, I don't know. That's why there's some overlap there. Um, Estrogen increases. So you feel really energized and vibrant and confident and satisfied. Um, This is a really good time to like write a letter to your future self and what you hope to achieve. Um, Basically the intention setting phase. I call this the social butterfly phase So going to new places and making friends and networking, exploring somewhere you haven't been is like really fun during this time. And like the willingness is there. Um, And with that energy, it's important to eat foods that help sustain that energy. So oats, avocado, and overall like healthy fats like coconut oil and avocado oil. Um... A really beneficial herb during this phase is licorice root. So this can help stabilize estrogen so it doesn't become too over the top and become estrogen dominant. Um, And then all the other herbs are going to be listed on the PDF. So the next um, yummy phase is ovulation. This is actually the only time in your entire cycle where you can get pregnant and it usually lasts around three to four days. And like I said earlier, this, um, differs from woman to woman, but I was like astounded at how many women did not know that this is the only time of the month that they can get pregnant. And I didn't even learn this till a year ago, probably maybe two, I don't know, probably a year ago. But when I was in nursing school, we just like went over the basics of the menstrual cycle and did not learn any of this shit. So here you go. Um, so ovulation is when the egg makes, makes its way down the fallopian tube towards the uterus in hopes of meeting the perfect little spermy. Um, a way you can tell that you're in the ovulation phase is that your basal body temperature will be increased. And another indication of a healthy cycle is indicated with a white discharge. Um, You can either like track your temperature um, for like a month or so, and then you'll be able to know like when you take your temperature and it's increased, you're probably ovulating And hopefully you don't have a fever. (laughs) But during this time, hormones are at their peak of the month. You have your highest energy levels of the month and your libido is crazy. Um, This is like, you know, goes back to like our primal instinct. Like your your libido is crazy for a reason because your body's trying to reproduce. Um, But it can also... It's also like the time to probably be the most careful, which sucks. But whatever that means for you, um, I don't know. So like this is a time also to really verbalize your thoughts and speak your truth 
and communicate. Um, It's a time of clarity. So it might be really beneficial to have that conversation you've been meaning to have that might be a little bit confrontational. Your thoughts are just generally going to be more clear and composed during this time. And you're going to feel more like responsive versus reactionary. Um, Intense workouts are really tolerated or tolerated well. Um, Scheduling is really important. But like helpful during this time. So like if you're trying to schedule out the rest of your month during it, doing it during your ovulatory phase is great. Um, you just have a very clear mind. Um, and like one really great thing that all of this knowledge provides is that it just gives you a general sense of direction. Um making big decisions can be like very overwhelming and um we sometimes feel like the answers are not coming to us so we have to seek outside opinions and influence um on our decisions that we make and that is just not where the answers lie they lie within you um And receiving, like, projections from other people on what they think that you should be doing are not always, like, helpful. So as you align with what phase is best to be making, like, big decisions, it can have a super incredible impact on your life. So you always don't feel so indecisive. Um, You're not indecisive. You just might not be in the right phase to be making decisions big decisions um you're gonna feel just like on top of the world like personally if I could choose a favorite phase to be in I would choose ovulation I feel on top of the world um during this like time because you feel like that you just feel like oh my god I literally could just like save the world right now focusing on gratitude can have a huge impact on like the rest of your month during this time because your energy is very receptive and open and clear during this time. So if you focus on gratitude, it's going to be well-received. Thoughts and words are energy. So if you like journal gratitude or the things you're grateful for, that's amazing. But also like gratitude is not just for the journal. Um, Just focusing on like the daily little beauties of your life like oh my gosh the way that tree is blowing in the wind is so beautiful or grounding your little feetsies in the grass and being like wow thank you so much for this experience and the food that's on your plate and just like really sending out gratitude it's going to be very well received during this time and what you appreciate appreciates so the more you focus on gratitude the more things to be grateful for will show up in your life. Um, And for this phase, especially, but in general, all the phases, not only to support your gut, but because this is where your hormones are produced in the gut, um, is including sulfur-rich or fermented foods. Um, And... 
Another huge one is fiber-rich foods. And let me tell you why. I literally could not wait to get back to this because if you listen to one thing during this entire episode, make sure you listen to this. This is the most important thing. Hormones are always swarming through our bodies and they need somewhere to go. Eating enough fiber is imperative when it comes to this. Hormones are excreted through your pee or poo. And if you're constipated due to not getting enough fiber or like lack of fiber in your diet, the hormones that are trying to get excreted through your poo are literally going to marinate in your colon. They're going to sit in there and they're going to end up being reabsorbed. And so that is where a lot of hormone imbalances can come from. Not pooping enough, like hormones in excess that are trying to evacuate your body literally cannot. So they're just reabsorbed. And that's where like estrogen dominance and things like that can come to play. So basically every day, getting enough fiber and veggies, fruits, and some of my favorite um, high fiber foods are greens, bell peppers, celery, fig, lentils, berries, and nuts. And a little side note about nuts is that they're pretty hard to digest, especially if you're eating a lot of them and can actually cause constipation sometimes. So if you eat an excessive amount of nuts, try soaking or sprouting them before and your body will literally hand write a thank you note for this. Like it is so good for you. Um, But anyway, Herbs for this phase are dandelion root, which can really help your body in this like detoxification process. So good. It grows in our yard and we're taught to like weed them out or spray Roundup on them. But dandelion is extremely medicinal and should not be sprayed with Roundup. It should be picked, washed, and made into a tea. Um... Maca is also really good for balancing hormone levels. I use that just like all throughout my cycle. Um, yeah, so also when I'm saying balancing hormone levels, it's like, what, am I, what do I mean? What does that actually mean? So the reason we have PMS symptoms is literally because our hormone levels are imbalanced and we are out of tune with our cycle. And like I said earlier, PMS is extremely common, but it is not normal. It is normalized, but it is not supposed to be this way. And personally, I found that a lot of my symptoms have subsided ever since I started to act and eat accordingly with each phase and honor my body and doing all that stuff. Um, and, you know, as I'm going through this, It might seem like a literal full-time job to be balanced with your cycle, but that's also not necessarily how it has to be. It's just because we're not taught this information. But once you do this for even one month and you start to like tune in, it's, this is a very like primal thing to do these acts of service for your body. And you'll feel so good doing it that Number one, you'll easily remember these like little steps. And number two, it will feel so natural to do all of these things that it won't be very hard to like get into 
tune. And like the PDF that I created is just supposed to be there as kind of like a little um, support um, for you. And I'm sure if you've even tracked your moods, you would see kind of like the patterns. Like personally, before I started tracking my period, I knew that there was like a week or something in there where I just felt so confident and detoxed and lively versus on my period where you feel like a literal hermit crab. Um, it'll, it'll make a lot of sense when you start to notice like even little trends. Um, and hopefully by, you know, eating accordingly to the cycle, your PMS symptoms will kind of subside, um, which might take a few months, might not. It didn't take me very long, but it's different for everyone. And anyway, the last phase is the luteal phase. And this is when the egg bursts from the follicle and it forms the corpus luteum, which releases a hormone to start thickening the walls of the uterus to prepare for the menstrual cycle again, or the menstrual phase, um, the bleed. And if you don't get prego, the corpus luteum dies and basically signals the lining to shed and that is when you bleed. Um, your appetite can be pretty like ravenous during this time. And this is because you need extra energy to maintain the processes that are going on. So that is another really important side note. If you're some, if you're on some sort of like restrictive diet, um, it can be really hard to tune into your body because you're like, I guess I don't want to sound too like harsh, but this is a, this is definitely like something I went through. So I'll just put it in terms of what I went through for now. It can be really hard to tune into your cycle because you're very preoccupied with like, you know, oh, I'm hungry right now, but I shouldn't be eating till lunch or I shouldn't be very hungry at this time. So I'll just drink water or shaming yourself for being overly hungry or just like wanting to raid your fridge but it's completely normal to feel different levels of hunger all throughout the month. And that's why traditional dieting is just not effective and certainly does not support this magical cycle. Um, like when you are hungry, you should eat and you are allowed to eat. And, and it can be a very beautiful, intuitive process that in, unfolds especially when you um, understand what food plays into all of this because the type of food matters. Um, your body does need like a nutrient-dense diet for the most part to be able to gain like the proper information for all of these phases to occur properly. Um, and um, But it's also like I just kind of use the 80-20 rule. I focus on my diet like having a nutrient-dense, plant-forward, heavy diet um, like or like a plant-forward diet. I eat mainly plants, but I've started to eat like some salmon and stuff like that. That's what feels good for me. So I focus on that 80% of the time and then like 20% of the time I'm like, you know what, if I want this like donut or like whatever like I'm going to allow myself to eat that and it might even be more than 20% who knows all I'm trying to say is that like follow your cravings it might seem kind of confusing at 
first, but this is also something that I help with. Like I am a health coach and this is what I do. So if you need extra guidance, I am more than willing to set up a little call. But anyway, um, with all of this like food stuff and all of that, like kind of, you know, being caught up in diet culture and restrictive dieting, Um, it's really common for people to lose their period completely. And a lot of that does have to do with food. And there are more foods listed on the PDF. So you can take a look at that because I didn't want to name all of them on here because it would be too hard to remember, but they are there. Some very supportive foods. Um, But during the luteal phase, coming back to that, your hormones kind of plummet. So like what do I like your hormones plummet along with like your mood chemicals like serotonin and dopamine. And during this time, I personally am always like questioning my entire existence. Like I'm forgetting everything I learned and I'm like, who the fuck am I? Like, what am I even doing with my life? (laughs) And I'm, I don't know if you've experienced that, but something that I, may feel you might be able to relate to is that there's certain times where you crave like carb heavy foods even in like the summer um and there's a reason for that and that's why it is also another reason to listen to your body's cravings um so like i said your dopamine and serotonin are kind of like in the dumpster at this time and so your body is seeking that comfort and dopamine hit So you can allow yourself to have things like that and it can really help with your mood swings. Um, If you're focusing on like a more nutrient-dense diet um, and you're wanting to be more conscious of the food you're eating, instead of like white refined bread and stuff, um, you can opt for like rice bowls or like energy balls made with like dates and peanut butter and stuff like that can be really a nutrient-dense carb option that is satisfying and provides a really great energy source. Um... But I forgot to mention this. There are two phases of the luteal phase. And um, yeah, we're in the luteal phase here. So the first half, your hormones are still kind of like increasing. And the second half is when they really start to nosedive. And in the first half, um, it can be really satisfying to opt for tasks like checking off to-do lists and finishing projects and doing chores, you know, like taking that last load to goodwill, whatever you need to do. And then the second half is when you are about to start your period again. So starting to kind of wind down. That's why like the first half, it's like checking off the to-do list, getting everything kind of in its place for when you're on your period, everything is like settled and ready for you to just rest um, when you get off work and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, The second half, yeah, you're starting to wind down and engaging in more stress-relieving activities and more like alone time, kind of transitioning into that. Um, This is an amazing time to write down all of the things that are not serving you and that you wish to release. And um, kind of the energy of your period releasing that blood will take the reins and help you with that physical release. Um. Again, fiber-rich foods are very imperative. Like it's it's very important to eat those fiber-rich foods during this time. Um, 
And complex carbs are really important for rebuilding the lining of the uterus and balancing the dopamine and the mood swings and all of that. Foods, complex carbs, like examples of those are on the PDF. Um, And drainage of toxins is really important during this time. So foods that aid in that process are like citrus peel, spirulina, and weird enough, dill. So pickles. I love pickles. I just made homemade pickles. So maybe you could do that. Um, and herbs are that are great for the luteal phase are vitex or also known as chasteberry, ashwagandha, burdock, dandelion. And then there's like a whole list. Um, side note, if you have like a really irregular cycle or estrogen dominance or something like that, a good idea, something that I did is that you can go into your local apothecary where the people working there are very knowledge, knowledgeable about herbs, herbal medicine, and just tell them kind of like what is going on. Um, and they might even suggest taking like a Vitex elixir throughout the entire month, which is personally what I do. Um, but this is also something to just inform your doctor of. Um, if you're working with a doctor or a naturopath, it's really important to keep them kind of in the loop if you're including one of these herbal supplements. Um, but yeah, I swear by Vitex. It really like helps balance my hormones all throughout the month and I've noticed like very positive effects from that little tincture oh my gosh that was so much information anyway that's the end of my rant on this and I am so grateful you were here and since you've made it this far I want to just offer the first three people who are listening right now um a free coaching session in addition to the comprehensive pdf um cycle bible um if this is something you're truly needing guidance on you can dm me on instagram if you're interested in so the first three people who come to me um my instagram username is molly ray mckenzie i will type that in the show notes and yeah the first three people can get a free coaching session very in-depth um for like female cycle women's hormones type situation so go claim your spot and I hope you are one of the first three people that are listening and I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I will see you next time.